Chapter 2 of Hard to Beat by a Self-Made Man This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 Bob Buys 10,000 Shares of Red Dog Gee whiz! exclaimed Bob Brooks, somewhat excited. This is all the earmarks of a first-class pointer. I guess it's the real thing. He examined the postmark of the envelope and then read the letter all over again. On his way back to the office, he did some tall thinking. I've never heard of that mine before, but it looks as if there was a fortune in Red Dog for anybody owning a good block of that stock when the rise comes. I have a great mind to call on this Mr. Dickens myself, and if Mr. Smithers hasn't got ahead of me, it is probable I might be able to get the stuff pretty cheap. This letter might be a fake, after all, you can't tell. It's something of a risk to salt one's good money down on a thing of this kind. Even at three cents a share would cost me a matter of six hundred dollars. And in the end, I might find the stock was not worth the paper it was printed on. Well, I'll think it over before I make a move. Bob delivered the package of securities to Mr. Scrooge. Take this note to Mr. Sharpley at the exchange, said the senior partner. The boy hurried around to the New York entrance of the stock exchange and pushed his way inside through a crowd of other messenger and ADT boys who were standing there, some on business while others were bent on skylarking. One big fellow suddenly put out his foot while another gave Bob a shove, but the boy was up to their tricks, and turning suddenly he grabbed both of the aggressors and jammed their heads together. Then he went on and accosted the official who stood guard at the rail. I want to see Mr. Sharpley. I have a letter for him. Give it to me and I'll take it to him, said the man. No, I must deliver it personally, answered Bob in a firm tone. So the official went on out on the floor of the exchange, hunted Mr. Sharpley up, and brought him to the rail. Bob's boss took the note, tore it open, read it, and with a nod, turned away. At that moment the boy heard a voice behind him say, No, sir, I haven't any red dog sock on hand, and don't want any of it. If you're looking up curiosities of that kind, you may pick up a few shares at Scrooge and Sharpley, 34 Wall Street, and I believe Duncan and Company, 69 Broad Street, have a block of it kicking around their safe. They'll be glad to let you have it at almost any old price. It's a drug on the market. It never was listed on this exchange, and two years ago it was dropped from the San Francisco and other Western exchanges. You're the first person I've heard speak about it since that time. You won't have much difficulty in getting all of it you want if your fancy runs in that direction. Thank you, sir. I want a batch of it for a certain purpose, but would not think of paying more than a trifle for it. I will call on the people you have mentioned. If you hear of any more of the stock about, I would be glad if you would let me know. There is my card. If I learn of any, I will send you word, Mr. Smithers, said the broker, glancing at the card. Then the two men parted, and Bob followed the gentleman by the name of Smithers outside. At least such was his intention, but his way was blocked by the two boys with whose heads he had taken such a liberty. They, with a third, had been laying in wait for him with the intention of doing him up a bit by way of revenge. Bob was not an easy proposition to handle, at any rate not as easy as they supposed. So the result was that in the mix-up that ensued, to the delight of the other messengers, the boy who had pushed Bob got a clip in the eye that damaged that member not a little. While his companions retired from the brief fray, one with a bloody nose and the other with a split lip. Both injuries the result of a couple short jabs at close quarters. When Bob, who had not received a mark, got outside, the party by the name of Smithers had disappeared. 
He hurried back to the office, fully determined to ask Mr. Scrooge if the firm owned any Red Dog stock, and if so, to buy it for himself. But when he got there, he found that the senior partner had gone to a meeting of the directors of the United Gas and Electric Company. I'll run down to Duncan and Company where Phil works and see if they have any of it. I hope Mr. Smithers won't get there before me. Who do you want to see, Bob? asked his friend Sharp when Bob marched into the reception room. Is Mr. Duncan in? Yep. Want to see him? Yes. All right. I'll take your name in. In a moment, the boy returned and said Mr. Duncan would see him and Bob walked into the private room. "'Hello, Bob,' greeted Mr. Duncan, who knew the boy well and had a great liking for him on account of his breezy taking ways. "'What can I do for you?' "'I'm making a collection of antiques,' said Bob, coming directly to the point, "'and I thought I'd drop in and see what you have in that line.' Mr. Duncan laughed heartily. "'Antiques, eh?' he said jovially. "'Does our office resemble a curiosity shop in any way?' No, sir, not at all. What I want is some red dog stock. I heard you had a few shares, and I would like to buy them if you don't ask too much. Oh, that's it, replied the broker with an amused smile. Well, you've come to the right shop, so far as that stock is concerned. But I'm afraid I can't sell you a few shares. I'd be glad to get rid of what I have at almost any figure. Why not, Mr. Duncan? Because I couldn't sell you less than 1,000 shares, as each of the five certificates call for that amount. What do you want for it? Well, I tell you the honest truth, Bob, it isn't worth a lot. It cost us three cents a share, and I thought to get two cents for it, though, mind you, I'm not saying it is worth even that. If you want a thousand share certificate to play with, you can have it for fifteen dollars each. What's the face value? The par value is fifty dollars a share. So you see, I'm offering you fifty thousand dollars worth of mining stock on paper for fifteen dollars in money and the broker laughed amusedly. "'All right,' grinned Bob. "'I hate to refuse so liberal an offer. "'I'll take 5,000 shares at that price "'if you'll kindly cash a check I have.' "'I suppose that is one of your little jokes, young man?' "'said Mr. Duncan. "'No, sir, I never joke in the way of business.' "'Do I understand that you are serious in this matter?' "'said the broker in a tone of surprise. "'Never more serious in my life. "'Did Scrooge and Sharpley send you after this stock?' asked Mr. Duncan, beginning to have his suspicions. No, sir. I'm buying it for myself, replied the boy promptly. Rather a strange thing for you to do, isn't it? asked the broker, evidently mystified over the matter. Seventy-five dollars is a lot of money for a boy like you to throw away on Red Dog. Well, Mr. Duncan, I have an idea I can get the value of my money out of it. You certainly have the reputation among the brokers of being a pretty level-headed boy. If I didn't know you as well as I do, I certainly would have my doubts. What do you suppose to do with this stock? I should like to be excused from answering that question, Mr. Duncan, said Bob firmly but politely. Of course, it's none of my business, but I should prefer not to help you engage in any harebrained scheme that would make a hole in your bank account. Not if I can afford it, sir. Can you afford it, Bob? asked Mr. Duncan. Yes, sir. I've just cleared $1,000 in a little deal in P&D, and here's my check and the statement of my account from the Treadwell and Company, said Bob, producing them for the broker's inspection. But I hope as a particular favor that you won't say anything about it to Mr. Sharpley when you see him, as I don't think he would like to have me dabbling in the market. I won't mention the matter. 
You seem to have been uncommonly lucky, young man, in this little deal of yours. One thousand dollars is a great deal of money for a boy of your years to make by the exercise of his judgment alone. You have a good nerve, but I wouldn't advise you to follow this sort of thing up. You know what the market is without me telling you. Well, Mr. Duncan, will you cash that check and take out seventy-five dollars for those five certificates of Red Dog? Certainly, if you are bent on making the purchase, but... Glad as I am to get them off my hands, the amount is no object for me to wish to saddle the stuff on you. I'm buying them with my eyes open, sir. I don't think you need worry about it. Very well, Mr. Duncan told Bob to endorse the check. Then he took it outside, and presently he returned with five certificates of the Red Dog Mining Company and $1,425 in money, which he handed to Bob. Thank you, sir. That is all. I am very much obliged to you. Don't mention it, Bob. I think the obligation is on my side. I hope you see some way to turn those certificates to account. I have my doubts. Bob then left him and stopped in the outer office only long enough to exchange a few words with his friend Phil Sharp. As he turned into Wall Street on his way back, he overtook Mr. Sharpley, who was returning to the office. Have you any red dog stock in your possession, Mr. Sharpley? He asked his boss. A little? Why do you ask? I'd like to buy some if I could get it cheap. What use would it be to you, Bob? Oh, I've got an idea in my head. That's a great cranium you have, young man. I dare say you've got some scheme for making money out of nothing. For that's about the value of the red dog stock. We've fifty one hundred share certificates. You can have them for fifty dollars. I'll take them, sir. His promptness surprised Mr. Sharpley, who said, Do you mean that, Bob? Yes, sir. And here's the money to pay for them. And the boy produced his roll and skinned a yellow-back bill out of it. You must have come into a legacy by the looks of that wad, said the broker with some surprise as he accepted the bill. No, sir, but it's all mine just the same. Mr. Edwards, said Sharpley when they entered the office, Hand me that envelope containing those shares of Red Dog Mining Company from the safe. The bookkeeper brought the envelope into the broker's room, whither he had gone with his messenger. Here you are, Bob, and I hope you'll make something out of them. They are the deadest bit of collateral I guess we ever handled. Then you're glad to be rid of the stock, Mr. Sharpley? said Bob with a grin. Well, rather, else you wouldn't be getting it for a cent a share. It cost us four cents. Bob put his two batches of stock into a long envelope, addressed it to himself, and put it in the office safe. Then he went to lunch. End of chapter 2